welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys, welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. I'm super duper excited to be here today. And just at the last minute, like just like literally, I'm talking like 30 seconds ago, I'm like, oh, I got to record this sucker. All right, hit go. And right before I did it, I was like, totally had a change of plans and what I was going to talk about. You know, this happens sometimes, you guys, this happens sometimes where I'll have a thought in my head. This is why I don't try to, I try not to like um, over plan on my podcast because what's going to happen is I get an idea in my head and I think I know where we're going. That train, the train is pulling out of the station. We're starting to move down the tracks and all of a sudden some other idea comes slamming into my head. And when I feel when I feel my body light up and like get excited, then I'm like, must follow the fun, must follow the joy, must follow where I'm feeling lit up. So we have a little pivot, a little pivot, a little switcheroony, a little plot twist. <laughs> so I'm not even going to tell you what I was going to talk about because then I'll be like, shit, what if they wanted to hear that instead? <laughs> And we're back. Okay, here's what we're going to talk about. And we're going to talk about it because it's been on my mind. Because it's been on my mind because uh, a friend of mine and I were talking about it. They had a question. They had something going on. They had something going on in their life. And uh, I said, oh, I got so many thoughts about this. I should do a podcast about it. And they said to me, oh, my God, I hope you do do a podcast. <laughs> so that 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 idea, that thought just came flitting back into my little brain. So here we go. I think I'm going to call this. I don't know. How the hell am I going to do this? It's too long of a title. But it's something like transactional relationships versus reciprocal relationships. Transactional relationships versus reciprocal relationships. Okay. I have no idea where this is going because I literally just hit record and I'm fucking running with it. <laughs> so buckle up for safety because I'm not sure how this is going to go. I'm going to try to do it. I'm going to try to do it in a um, a way that makes sense. <laughs> so maybe I'll start with a little story. So, okay. I have for, for lots of different reasons, for lots of different reasons. And I would even, I would like, like, look, we would all like to think that we're really nice people, right? <laughs> I mean, none of us like to think of ourselves as jerks. I would like to think that I am or like naturally like a nice person. Oh my God, you guys, I don't know if you can see this. Oh, this stream of light was just coming through my window and it was like these rays were shooting down. That was so cool. They're kind of flickering right now. If you're watching this instead of listening, it's literally like, the rays from the heavens are like, sh were shooting down. That was pretty cool. And we're back. So I think a lot of us would like to think that we're good people, right? That we're not jerks, that we're thoughtful, <laughs> that we're kind, that we're self-aware, that we're givers, that we're givers, right? That we like to give and, you know, it, and we're not just doing shit selfishly, blah, 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 blah. Um, although I think I would be a liar, liar, pants on fire if some part of me did also, if I didn't recognize though, that some part of me was created in me from my childhood, um, some sort of trauma response of wanting to make myself useful, wanting to make myself maybe in some way irreplaceable or needed or um, thoughtful. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody who, so, so these people pleasing tendencies and showing up in a particular way where the other person 
would be like, oh, she's so nice, or that's really like whatever the thing was. I, I'm not sure of the exact dynamic. So even though I would like to think, of course, oh, I'm 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 a nice person or I'm a good person or whatever, um, maybe some of maybe some of my quote unquote giving tendencies started from a place that maybe wasn't a hundred percent healthy. I think I have since course corrected. Uh, I, I'm also I'm going to give myself big credit for that. I'm going to pat I'm literally patting myself on the back right now because I think I recognize something in myself this desire or this need to be seen as good, to be seen as kind, to be seen as nice. Like somewhere along the way, I was like, mm, what's this about? And the reason why I'm telling you all this is because I think there, you know, we often get split up in relationships into like, it's not this binary, but we like to say this. There's like givers and there's like takers. And I think that we can play both roles depending on, what the dynamic is in a particular relationship. Um, I think that we can, you know, change sides, swap sides, hop around a little bit. And I also think though, we tend to be one more than the other, just kind of organically and naturally. Okay. So I definitely think, and I'm not saying that all takers are bad. I'm not here casting a, a shit ton of judgment on people. I will say, though, as somebody who tends to fall into the giver camp, that it can be really exhausting when you're just surrounded by takers. And let me let me just kind of branch out a little bit and explain a little bit more of how the taking tendency might show up. Now, you might recognize a little bit of yourself in this. You might recognize one of your family members or your partner or your friends or your sibling, whatever. So just pay attention because like, and again, I got to be wicked clear here. I'm not saying that I've never fallen into that camp or that we're only one or the other, because I think we can kind of, depending on our energetic emotional, financial, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, capacities, whatever they might be, the amount of resources we have, um, what other things in our lives might be uh, setting precedent, uh, being a priority of more important, where we might show up differently in our relationship. So, but I think it's important to talk about this, especially if you're somebody who has discovered that you are an overgiver, right? I remember, I'll never forget reading this book like w back in 19, 1989. 1989, I read this book called, I think it was Women Who Love Too Much. And when I read that book and I, I saw myself on those pages back then, I'll never forget it. I remember exactly where I was in the living room. I lived in Kenmore Square on Beacon Street, right? I went to BU. I had a couple of roommates. And I'll never forget me reading that book and being horrified. I know exactly where I was sitting on the futon in the living room. And I just remember recognizing myself and being like, oh, like it was just like, oh. <laughs> and this is what I started to recognize, like, oh, you might need a little help. You might need a little work. <laughs> so, oh, Lord have mercy. Okay. So uh, I'm hopefully going to find my train of thought. So sometimes when you are a taker, these are some of the things that I have experienced as a giver, right? So that I can, that I can acknowledge, which is, okay, so the givers tend to be often the ones who, are, um, I'm not saying they're always more thoughtful. And I'm, this is the last time I'm going to say it. I, I understand that there's a lot of nuance to this. So I'm just going to, I don't want to have to self-correct and Make it, make it nice and make it nice and neat every time, you know, throughout this podcast. This is the last time I'm going to say it. Understand that everybody is different. We've all been on both sides of the team here and it's nuanced, right? Depending on what's going on in people's lives. So I'm not, I'm not here like shaming anybody. Okay. However, give us, or when you're in giving mode, we tend to be more thoughtful. We tend to be more aware more aware of not only our own selves and our own inner and outer experience, but we're often aware of other people's thoughts and feelings and experiences. This is why people who are givers also sometimes tend to be really great in roles of support. And as like, I used to be a personal assistant, right? 
uh, one of the roles that I played. And what, what made me really great at my job is my empathetic nature and the fact that I was a giver because I could anticipate after watching this person that I worked for and worked with and traveled with for enough amount of time, I could anticipate, I could often anticipate their needs before they had to ask for them because I was hyper aware of the environment and what was going on, what the temperature was, were they gonna get cold? Were they gonna get snacky? Were they gonna need a beverage? What did they need? What are they gonna need when they get to this event? Like whatever the thing was, right? So we tend to be really aware of our own internal experience, although we will often sacrifice our own wants and needs in service to the other. So it's not always like super great to be a giver. You know what I mean? I think I love that natural tendency to be kind and compassionate and thinking about other people and to be of service. That's great. And it can get out of balance. And you can find yourself over giving. And what happens a lot of times with givers is they often tend to be quote unquote, nice people or nice girls or whatever, nice guys, whatever you want to say it, right? Nice humans. And so they also often don't feel comfortable expressing their anger. So we can see when it's wicked out of balance, it starts to fall towards like martyrdom, resentment, dissatisfaction, frustration, but never really coming right out and saying it because that's not nice. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so the givers positively are thoughtful. They think of others. They tend to be good gift givers, right? Because they uh, pay attention and they listen and they, they, cause they care and they love. And sometimes they love too much, if you know what I mean, in an unhealthy kind of codependent way. Um, so, but they can usually make really good friends and the givers are the ones who often often also initiate things, meaning they'll think of you. So they'll see something out in the world and they'll buy it because they thought of you or they'll take a picture of it and send it to you and say, oh, I thought of you, right? They tend to be good at maintaining the friendship or the relationship. They're often the ones who initiate get togethers or remember birthdays or send cards. Like back in the day, you know, I used to have cards like in advance. I would know. These are all my friends. These are all their birthdays. I would have cards in advance. I would have Valentine's Day cards. I would have St. Patrick's Day cards. I would have Thanksgiving cards. Like I had all the cards. And at some point I was like, okay, what is happening? <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I love getting cards in the mail. I really do. I love when people think of me and especially when it's a card that you can tell that they really thought about it and they really handpicked it out for you. Or even better yet, when they draw a card for you, like when people, my sweetie and I, uh, once in a while, we will buy each other cards, but we often draw each other cards for like certain holidays and stuff like that. <laughs> but he's an actual artist. You know, he's really, really talented. I, I am a, uh, I drew a lot as a kid, but my bad drawings are like actually what he loves. He loves, he loves my little, <laughs> oh my God, God bless. He loves my little drawings. Okay, here's the thing. Now with take is, let's go over here. Take is, take is not always that fun to be around. Um, I will say this though, before I dive into the shit that take is often do, one of the things, well, actually let me start there and then I'll say something positive, okay? <laughs> but let me start. And maybe you can identify um, this kind of behavior in yourself sometimes. So in, in fairness, uh, in fairness, in the times in my life when I can look back, when I was behaving takery, is that a word? Kind of takerish, when I was more leaning towards the taker side, it's oftentimes when I was in a state of not being able to see beyond my own situation or my own need. Meaning I was in trauma. I was whatever, experiencing PTSD. I was um, just so focused on surviving that I didn't have the capacity to think of others. And I recognize this in myself. I can look back now. I can scan back through my mind and play some, some moments. And I think like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. So when you are a, a young child, like a little kid, right? You grow up in, in kind of two different ways. When you grow up with what they call secure attachment, right? When you grow up in, in places of safety, 
you're having a really different experience than kids who are growing up in places where there's a lack of safety. Because the people, the kids who grow up with secure attachment and safety, their main drive is connection, making connection with others, right? Building relationships, intimacy with others. Kids who grow up with a lack of safety, uh, kids who grow up not feeling like um, th th that, um, how do, yeah, I mean, basically that you're not safe in the world or in your household or whatever, they kind of grow up with a, Without that, without that secure attachment, they're more focused on just surviving. And I can clearly see in my own life, I'm not special. There's millions of us. Kids who grew up with trauma, a lot of trauma or, um, you know, a high ACE score, as they say. Um, we are often the kids who grow up just trying to survive. So even though we long for connection, getting that connection can feel scary. And when eyes turn to us, even though we're like, I want the attention, I want the connection. But when the eyes turn to us, right? When the, when the love comes our way, like I want the love, but then when the love comes our way, we're not always great at receiving it. So in fairness, I think that, you know, maybe some people are born more selfish than others. Um, maybe some people are born narcissistic, Right. But I also think that narcissism, like little narcissists can be made from their own needs not being met. People who are self-centered and tend to be more takers, sometimes it's because they're just trying to survive. I'm not making excuses for people and I'm not giving people passes across the board and for their whole life because at some point you got to start doing some 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 self-reflection, right? At some point or, or not, because I know people in their 70s and their 80s who are not going to change. They're going to go to their grave having no clue why they do what they do, why they made the choices they made, why they act the way that they act. And they're not interested in going any deeper and figuring it out. But I think some takers are maybe born that way, but I think some takers are made. And I think that sometimes, and this is this is the part where I, I'm, I am trying to be compassionate and empathetic and say there might be a reason why somebody is that way. Maybe nobody's ever called them on their bullshit. Nobody's ever said, hey, you know, you're kind of a taker. This relationship, and I'm gonna, I haven't forgotten about transactional versus reciprocal. I'm building, I'm building, you know, the givers and takers argument to make my point. So, you know, some takers end up being like, oh, um, they're really focused on themselves. They're not thinking of you, they're only thinking of themselves. And sometimes they're kids who are like really entitled and just kind of used to getting everything, either used to getting everything because they come from a certain uh, socioeconomic class, a financial level where things were just available in their world. They were highly privileged and highly entitled, right? So they don't really think beyond themselves. Um, some kids are just uh, were told as a kid just how special they were all the time. And so they have a kind of inflated sense of self. <laughs> they think that they deserve, they deserve it all and that people should just be happy to be around them. You know what I mean? Um, some takers like don't know how to turn the lens off of themselves onto the others, the other people that they might be friends with or married to or in a family with or whatever. You know, they just really lack the ability to give a shit in a, in, a, in a really kind of aware way about others. They kind of live a little bit more surfacey, perhaps, you know, again, I don't want to throw all takers under the bus. It's like I said, we've all been there for like different reasons and different seasons, different reasons. You know what I mean? But if you find that you are somebody who hasn't really like, if you haven't thought about, how do I say this? If you haven't thought about others or initiated contact with others or, and I'm not talking about cause you're an introvert. I, I don't mean that, but like, you just don't think of other people. You don't really give a shit, right? You're highly self-focused. It might be, you might want to just pause. You might want to pause, <laughs> like pause this podcast and sit with yourself for a minute and ask yourself the question, like, what am I? Am I a giver or am I a take-up? I can say that, again, being more towards the giver side, it's not always fun being surrounded by takers. Now, here's a caveat, right? Sometimes in our lives, 
So I often talk about this. So I'm, you know, I'm about to turn 55 double nickels and uh, in October. And I have friends who are younger than me. I have friends in their thirties. I have some friends who are popping out their babies for the first time. Some who have babies who are like eight months old, like whatever. I understand that those friendships will shift as like, because they're in a different season of their life. So I'm not going to have the same kind of level of probably of maybe connection or ongoing communication or speed of turnaround of messages, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because their priority is keeping that child alive and not getting like so uh, exhausted that they can't. Well, they probably still do get exhausted with the newborn, but you know what I'm saying? Like the rules kind of shift and change. So sometimes they might be more in a receiving capacity than a giving capacity. And this kind of comes to the transactional versus the reciprocal. So a lot of times with takers, takers will sometimes give, but it's more like tit for tat. It's more like what's in it for me. Like I'll give this because I'm going to get that. I'll do this and then I expect that. So it becomes more um, transactional based on conditions versus just a really beautiful flow of natural reciprocation, which is we don't even really think about it. It's just like, so I have a couple of girlfriends who are highly reciprocal. And when when I meet a friend like that, you know, uh, one of my best friends, KT, uh, Kirsten, when I met her and I started telling my sweetie about her, he said to me, oh my God, like you met somebody just like you. Like a person who sends cards in the mail, a person who remembers birthdays, a person who checks in on you, a person who leaves you messages, a person who thinks about you and your well-being too, right? So when two givers get together, it can be a really beautiful, reciprocal kind of easy friendship because there's a mutuality of giving, and that's like a beautiful, beautiful thing. My friend Emmeline's like this as well. She's thoughtful, right? Like she sends cards, like there's an awareness outside of herself. So givers finding other givers, it's like unicorns. Like we get so excited because we know that our energy will often be matched. It will be reciprocated. The love that we put out, the energy that we put out, right? The attention that we give, it will flow back to us. Now, of course, Sometimes somebody might have a project going on, something's going on with their kids, something's going on with their dog, there's life. And so, but slack is cut because there's such a history, there's so much evidence of caring that it's not something to like have to think about or worry about or whatever. There's a natural give and take and flow, you know, giving and taking that natural flow. But when give is, are in an imbalanced place out of their own anxiety, stress, worry, lack of self-love, lack of self-esteem, lack of self-worth, whatever. And they're in the presence of a taker, right? Or somebody who's just more transactional. It can feel, it can feel um, just not so soothing because you're hyper aware. It's like, it's like the energy gets sucked. It's like a, it's like a fucking succubus, right? When takers just take and take and take and take. And, you know, it's interesting with givers, they often don't need a lot back. An acknowledgement, a thank you, right? A little note with specific feedback saying, I really loved X, Y, and Z. It's not like, oh, I expect you to be just like me. What I do with, or what I would like is that you just stop succubusing the life out of me, <laughs> just taking, 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 taking. Now, again, in fairness, some takers know they're takers and they don't give a shit. Some takers don't know they're takers because nobody's ever told them because they are surrounded by a lot of givers who don't want to hurt their feelings. You know, some takers just aren't self-aware. Some takers are traumatized or have had a lot of trauma and they've never stopped to realize that they're just taking and taking and taking because they're in survival mode. So this isn't about making a whole group of people bad because like I said, we, we float back and forth across that line depending on the dynamic of our friendships and our relationships. 
but we might want to pause and take a look. I tell people that a lot. Let's slow down and pause. Like, let's take a ganda, shall we? Shall we just look around at our current friendships and our current relationships? You know, some with your chosen family, your friends, and some with the family you were born into, right? And just notice where do these things feel really nurturing and nourishing, and they feel good. And when I'm around that person, I feel seen and I feel heard and I feel like they get me and they want to know me and they they think of me versus when I'm with this person, I feel more drained. I feel like, oh, like they like my energy is just like pulled because it's always about them and they don't really pay attention and they don't reciprocate. So imagine being in a relationship of any kind, whether it's a marriage. And I can imagine sometimes, I say to my friends all the time who are, who are moms, especially, but this also goes for parents of, you know, moms, dads, guardians, whatever. Little kids, like in teenagers, right? Not all, again, nuances, right? But little kids tend to be like, and what I'm doing right now is I'm holding up my finger, my pointer finger, and I'm drawing with my other hand, like a circle around that finger, just so you get the visual. And that's kind of like what little kids do. It's like me, 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 mom, mommy, mom, mom, dad, daddy, 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 father, right? Mommy, mommy, mother, mom, <laughs> look at me, look at me, look at me. Like, so it's like this, this cyclone of need. It's like me and the whole world revolves around me, right? Oftentimes very age, age expected and age appropriate behavior. But some people never grow out of that. They think it's all about them all the time. Like their needs are the most pressing. Their drama is the most important. Like drop everything because I want something. And, you know, it's not the most attractive look. And it's certainly not the most joyful, <laughs> right? It's not, it's not the best experience to be in relationship with a taker. And Look, it, it, I always say like a little kindness goes a wicked long way. So if you find that you're somebody who's always having to be the one who makes the plans, who reaches out, who follows up, who says thank you, like people, like saying thank you takes what? 0.5 seconds to acknowledge that somebody has given you something and whether that's their time, their energy, their presence, their money, maybe they gifted you something or gave you something or brought you some soup when you were sick or shared something that, that they had that they no longer needed, that they thought of you that you might need. It takes two seconds to acknowledge the gift of somebody else's whatever, fill in the blank, whatever they have shared with you, made for you, created for you, gifted to you. It doesn't take a lot to say the words, thank you. And you know want to make it even better? Here's a little lesson. Use specifics. You know, in the workshop that I've been teaching with my friend Emmeline on uh, content creation and storytelling and all this stuff, you know, specific stuff is so important and it's really important in relationships. So imagine hearing the difference. I used to play this game with my sweetie and I'd say, Tell me three reasons why you love me. <laughs> oh my God. But it's only a satisfying answer with specifics, right? That's a whole story. That's a whole podcast for another time, right? But it was this fun thing I used to do. And so it's one thing to say, oh, you look good in that shirt or that sweater or whatever. It's a whole other thing to say, oh my God. I love the way the fabric looks on you or that color looks on you. Like it brings out that blue brings out the color of your eyes. And I love the way blah, blah, blah. Or I love these cookies that you made for me, the way that they crunch and the way the sweetness of the sugar, like that, da, da, da. to show that you've paid attention, to show that you are present and aware and can reciprocate and can give feedback in a way where the other person feels seen and heard and loved. Oh my God, what a gift it is. What a gift it is. So if you find that you've been in this role lately where you're just kind of taking things for granted and taking stuff from people without giving back, you know, like you might have that person at work who always makes cakes for everybody. I used to be that person, right? Back in the day when I worked at Wizards, Wizards up at Universal City Walk in LA, 
Um, I used to make cake for all the stuff. I'd find out when, of course I would, because this is what, what I used to find out when everybody's birthday was. I'd find out what kind of cake they like and I would make cakes. And back then I didn't have a car. I took the fucking bus. A lot of times I took the bus. A lot of times too, my friends would come and pick me up, especially if they knew I had a cake. But there were plenty of times when I was taking the bus and I was traveling with a cake on my lap. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> but I love my enthusiasm and I love my effort. So that's good. The energy, my heart was in the right place, right? So what I'm saying is if you are in a relationship and you find that it, you've been a little takery, you might want to take a look at that. If you are somebody who overgives, maybe you want to, if you've been in give a mode, you might want to take a look at has this relationship or relationships and friendships become imbalanced? Does it feel like I'm starting to get resentful or I'm starting to get depressed or sad or I'm starting to feel like nobody gives a shit about me because I just give and give and give and give and I never speak up and I never say anything. Because remember, both sides can get out of whack. They can move out of place of true uh, reciprocal kind of energy, this swapping and this in the sharing. They move out of reciprocity reciprocity, reciprocity, no, reciprocity. And they move into these imbalances, imbalanced things where there can be a lot of just not, not very nice feelings. And, you know, the, the, the givers tend to not be great sometimes of saying, Hey, you hurt my feeling. Not that, you know, anybody, you, you can hurt your own feelings, but Hey, that didn't feel good when that happened. They're not always great at speaking up for their own needs. But this is an opportunity as adults to say, hey, th this feels, this is starting to feel not good or this is starting to feel transactional. And look, there are certainly relationships that are set up that way and both parties are happy. Let's, let's go there for a second. Sometimes people are, are very happy. I give you this, you give me, you know, I'm just making this up. You give me two Dunkin' Donuts and, and a large coffee with no cream and sugar, right? <laughs> Whatever. It's like, that's a transactional relationship. You pull up to the drive-through. It's a 30 second relationship, right? You place your order, you go up, you give money, you get dunks, you get donuts, right? Like, okay, everybody's happy, right? Sometimes it's like, oh, hey, you come to work with me. You give me this exchange of money. I give you my time, my attention, my expertise, my education, my, my focus, my, my enthusiasm, my you know, desire to help you. You get these results. That's, that, that's a mutually agreed upon exchange, right? But that relationship um, of somebody giving their hard-earned cash to work with me one-to-one -one or to join a program or something like that, a group coaching program or something like that, usually happens because one of us has been giving and has created a relationship of no like and trust that I have either shared enough. And I'm, I'm not saying just me that you could use anybody, but I'd like to use myself as an example, because that's what I know. I don't like to talk about what's going on all, a lot of times in other people's businesses, because I don't know everything. But so through this podcast, right? So every week I create something for free and I put it out and hopefully it's helpful. That's my desire that it's going to start to create a relationship with people that people are going to get used to hearing my voice and they start to maybe trust me. And I'm look at, I love doing podcasts, but I also part of what I love about it is that I know that it helps people because I hear back from people and they're grateful. Right. But if I felt like nobody ever was ever listening to this show and it just felt like, Oh, like, it, you know, if I, if I was doing it for like five years and it had like 10 downloads, that would not be soothing. Right. So there's a reciprocal thing. I create something, people listen. And along the way, we're creating connection. We're creating a relationship. And that ultimately makes it easier for people to say yes to coming to something like Storytime Hypnosis or to say yes to a four-day retreat, transformational retreat, or to say yes to joining my email list or whatever the thing is. And speaking of which, if you want to do that, you guys, easy peasy, just karenkenny.com slash sign up. Or if you want to learn more about your spiritual team, you can get a little freebie and you just go to karenkenny.com slash freebie. So a little plug to let you know, to remind you. But what I'm saying is we have this reciprocal relationship. But imagine if I just came into your inbox every week, your email inbox every week, and I was just like, 
asking for things and 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 taking things and taking things. And I wasn't doing a podcast and I wasn't storytelling and I wasn't offering stuff that was useful or valuable or beneficial or helpful, right? Like people would be like, unsubscribe. I don't want to be here. This, I, I'm getting nothing from this. This just feels like a relationship that is going nowhere, <laughs> right? So I bet if I, if I invited you right now to pause, like if you were in a place where you could actually sit down, close your eyes, feel into it, and then make a little list, right? You might know right off the top of your head, but really think about it and make a little list. I would start first and foremost with yourself. Have you been more of a giver or a taker in your life? And if you don't like the answer either way, how can you find a little bit more balance? How can you bring a little more equanimity into that? And then if you were to think about it specifically and go through like your best friends or the people you spend the most time with, right? Or whatever, right? I think a lot of times, let's just call a spade a spade. I think that our relationship to social media is highly transactional. And I think we're getting the short end of the stick because that relationship is very much, they, they, we, it can be talked about in a way, but like, think about everything we're getting. We get to market our businesses. We get, oh, but let me, let me tell you, you are giving a lot more than you realize sometimes. So we can apply this to all different kinds of things. But if we're going to keep it focused on personal friendships, personal relationships, or business relationships, just notice how things start to feel. What's the give and take? Is it reciprocal? Has it become transactional? And are you cool with that? And if you're not and you're unhappy about it, but you want to keep the friendship or relationship, there might have to be you know, a conversation about it. Because one of the things is we can't expect people to be mind readers. As givers, if we've been overgiving, right, it, we, can, we can find the right distance to our giving. We can find a way to kind of maybe pull back so that we don't feel resentful. So we're not feeling like you're constantly giving and you're not getting. But you can also really celebrate the relationships that are beautifully reciprocal the people who the exchange and that flow of love comes freely and it is felt and it feels genuine. You, I think you know that feeling I'm describing. And I'm lucky enough that I have it with at least two people in my life, several people, more than two people, right? Um, and that feels really, really, really good. And, you know, they talk about how like... Um, you know, sometimes we'll seek out what's familiar. So the kind of household you grew up with, with when you were a kid, right? Where those uh, first impressions are made upon us about what relationships look like. And, you know, if we're not good enough, what do I need to do to get people to like me? And da 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 And a lot of times we start, you know, abandoning parts of ourselves, the parts of us that would speak up, the parts of us that would say that's unfair. No, I'm not doing that. And I don't like that, right? So I've had to renegotiate my relationship with, with giving because I tend to be an overgiver. And um, so when I start to see that urge in myself or that instinct in myself or whatever you want to call it, that habit, it's more like a pattern or a ha habit. If I see it starting to want to arise, I try to check myself and say like, what, what's, what's the dynamic here? Like what's going on? because it's not being reciprocated. I'm always the one who reaches out first. I'm always the one who remembers. I'm always the one who checks in. I'm always the one who initiates getting together or I'm always the one who will, you know, say, oh, they have this thing that they're promoting online. I'll just go ahead and I'll do a shout out for them, but it never comes back. They don't think to do it for you. So, you know, these are things we want to keep an eye on. For our own well-being and mental health, you know what I mean? For our own uh, self-respect and self-integrity. And as takers, you know, if we find ourselves in that camp, you know, we have to reflect and say, why, why has this become okay? 
that I don't give back to others, that I don't think about others, that I'm so consumed with my own drama or my own trauma or my own stuff. Now, again, nuance, you guys, there's going to be times, right? So maybe somebody just died. You know, we all have life happen to us. It's not like everybody's always only in one column. But if in your life, things have feel, feel imbalanced, you know, maybe you're starting to feel guilty because you're aware that you're, you know, somebody's over giving to you, but yet you keep taking and you don't say no. And sometimes a giver is trying to be transactional too. They're trying to get something from you. There is a, there is an underlying motive. And this is why you guys in the work that I do, I always say, right, as a spiritual mentor, as an integrative change worker, as a hypnotist, as a life coach, all the stuff that I do, right, as a yoga teacher, all this stuff, you know, I always say one of the most important work you can do in this lifetime is to know yourself. Know yourself. Know how you think. Know how you act. Know how you speak. Know your behaviors, your patterns, your habits, your conditioning. Know why you do what you do, think what you think, say what you say, how you are showing up. Knowing yourself is one of the most powerful things because you cannot correct or change or transform or heal or fix a problem or anything, whatever, right? I don't think we're here to fix people, but it's more about, you know, shifting behaviors and stuff like that. But we cannot change something that we don't know is broken or has a problem or is out of whack. You know what I mean? It starts with knowing, oops, yeah, something's going on here, right? The first step of lasting change is clarity and awareness. Like, oh, I am aware now. And if we're not aware of how we're showing up, other people will suffer. If we're not self-aware, about how we're feeling, how we're thinking, what's going on in our bodies, what's going on in our brains, what's coming out of our big fat mouths, other people will suffer. It's the difference of like going out into the world with with self-awareness and inspiration to, to be good and to do good. And I don't mean like be a good girl. I mean like to be a good, decent human being versus going out into the world and inflicting yourself on people. So that self-awareness, that self-knowledge, right? Even if you don't get a pass, you don't get a pass, right? Even if you had a tough childhood, that's the whole point of like all the stuff that I do in the world is that even with awful things that happen, and a lot of times those things actually make us more sensitive and more hypervigilant and hyper-aware, Right? Because as adults, I always say, as children, we were victimized. As children, we were victimized. We didn't have the physical strength. We didn't have voting rights. We didn't have financial, you know, we didn't have a say. We didn't have a say. Once we get older, once we start to learn, once we start to get a little more freedom, a little more access, a little more education, a little bit more whatever, the internet, exposure to books, library cards are free, like whatever. But we have to have a desire within ourselves to see ourselves clearly. And we don't always like to go looking because we don't, we're, we're sometimes afraid of what we might find. So it all comes down to this thing. I always say to people, you have to love the possibilities. You have to love what becomes possible. Be curious about yourself. Meet yourself with curiosity instead of judgment. And then you can operate from that place of love instead of fear. So instead of being afraid of finding out you're a taker, right? You might discover, ooh, I have some weak spots there. I can strengthen that. I can be a little bit more of a giver, right? And then and then we transform out of love. So much good stuff, you guys. So I just wanted to talk about that because I have, like I said, I've been on the receiving end of um, being a well-balanced giver, of being an over-giver. I'm sure at times in my life being a taker um, just out of, either, you know, like I said, I was uh, in survival mode. I wasn't thinking. And maybe, maybe in some ways, like I'm trying to think back if I've ever felt like, oh, I just don't care about this. I'm trying to think about that. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm sure there was because as a kid, when I used to steal things from the store, I wasn't thinking about the store owner. 
I was filled with my own need or my own want. Uh, sometimes on behalf of other people, I would steal things for them, <laughs> but it was my choice, right? So yeah, there's certainly, you know, I think about that now when I was a little klepto as a kid, that's all, I didn't have the money. We didn't have the money, but we still wanted things, right? So you would go in and you'd take a candy bar, you know, and uh, that wasn't the right thing to do. And I wasn't concerned about how it affected the bottom line of the store because you can always justify shitty behavior and say, ah, oh, it doesn't matter. They won't notice. It's one Kit Kat bar, <laughs> you know, and shoving it down your pants or the back of your jacket. Oh, Lord have mercy. God bless younger me, man. I've forgiven her. I've forgiven her. So you guys, I hope this was helpful in some way. Like I said, it might be a little erratic because I was just doing it off the cuff, but I felt inspired. I felt moved. It jumped into my head and I was like, yes, I want to talk about this. So you guys, if you have been a taker um, more often than you would like, all right, let's just start with awareness. Ask yourself why, why do you think that has been? What happened to me that that seemed like a good idea or um, the way to go? Ask yourself, would I like to change this? Um, and then get about the business of um, maybe showing up differently. And if you're a taker and you're not really sure, you're like, but I don't know what people need. Like, I don't know. Ask them. Ask them. You know, maybe if their birthday's coming up or a holiday's coming up and you want to give a gift, ask them what they would like. Pay attention when you're just around them. People drop clues all the time. People drop clues all the time about what they love and what matters to them and what delights them and what lights them up. And if you pay close enough attention, if you give a shit enough and you pay attention, they are always revealing themselves to you. And maybe you're married to the like the, the quiet, silent type. Just ask them, use your words. And I hope you get support with it. I hope you you can tell somebody that you trust who you know won't shame you. Right. And give it same thing. If you've been overgiving and you've been feeling like a resentful little shit, right? If you've been feeling modded, if you're like, I do everything for everybody and nobody ever thinks of me. It might be time to get new friends. It might be time to cut the shit and stop it. <laughs> it might be time to find people who reciprocate. Right? Find people who reciprocate, who see you and who match your values and who match your energy and who match your love because they're out there. So forgiveness, self-forgiveness for the parts of ourselves that were lacking in some way or felt like they needed to do those behaviors. And then forgiveness if you were just doing them because you weren't really thinking about anybody else, right? And uh, it's important. And to approach it from an unshaming point of view, we are not here to shame earlier versions of ourselves. But just try to understand, be compassionate, make amends if you need to, and get down to the business of love. And that's what I got to say. <laughs> so I'll end it there. You guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I, I appreciate you so, so much. And if you are hearing the sound of my voice, I just want to tell you, I got some fun stuff coming up. You know, in the fall, I have a four-day transformational retreat, Own Your Magic, coming up in November. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait. I'll, the link for that will be live soon. Um, I, So you'll be able to sign up super duper soon if that's something you want to start saving your pennies for. Storytime hypnosis is happening twice a month, you guys. It's been getting rave reviews. I'm loving it. I'm having so much fun. People are loving it. And I'm going to start doing it slightly differently. And it's going to work in your favor. So that's really good news. Be on the, be on the lookout for that. Um, and what else do I have going on? Oh, my group coaching program. Ooh, you guys, I'm so excited about this. I haven't done a group coaching program uh, in this particular way in a long time. So it's going to just be me and 12 other people. And uh, it's going to be like Knights of the Round Table, man. It's going to be small and intimate and gonna, it's going to be magical. And we're going to just um, dive into, um, really, we're going to dive into you. That's what we're diving into, the 12 people <laughs> and navigating life. And there'll be spiritual mentoring and there'll be hypnosis and there'll be subconscious reprogramming. There'll be like building new habits and stopping anxiety and just so many tools to help us navigate the human experience, getting to know ourself better, getting to know source better and spirit better, and also practical neuroscience tools that allow us to show up in our relationships and in the world and in our businesses better than ever. 
right? Showing up and looking at things through an unshaming lens and gathering tools, shifting our minds from fear to love, which is what a miracle really is. So it's going to be magical. It's going to be miraculous in some ways. And uh, I just cannot wait to create this uh, this little powerhouse group of people. So if that catches your fancy, if that tickles your fancy, if it catches your ear, if it uh, piques your curiosity, uh, reach out and let me know. And then I can uh, keep you on the list of people who will be the first to find out when this thing opens up in September. So I appreciate you guys. Thank you for being here. And uh, from my heart to yours, I hope something from this episode was helpful or beneficial or valuable. And if you got something from it, I imagine somebody else that you love and care about might too. So maybe send this along to them. I would appreciate you sharing it and helping me to spread the love and the spread the good word. Uh, and wherever you go out in the world, you guys, I always say this, right? Leave yourself, leave the planet, leave the plants, leave the animals, leave the people, leave the pets, leave the environment, everything. Just leave it better than how you found it. Leave it better for you being there. May you being there be a blessing. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days and let me know what your favorite part was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing. <laughs>